Welcome to Truvon Talk with Rachel and Linda. I've been told my microphone's a little loud. Is it loud? Oh, I don't know. I think it's good. Okay, good. So I'm going to just try to slow, low my voice a little yeah. bit. Just like Thank you. So today, Rachel and I would like to process with you the highly sensitive person. And, you know, this book was recommended to me and it is so good. Yeah. So good. Elaine Aaron is the author. Mm -hmm. The highly sensitive person. And I purchased her book on Audible. Probably will get the hardback because it's that good. Mm -hmm. Oh, so thank you, Elaine. Erin, am I saying her name right? I think so. That's how I said it. Yeah. Cool. So this book is blowing us away. We're, we're <laughs> Linda shared it, the, the audible with me and I bought it too. And so we've both been listening and we're like, oh my goodness, this is so explaining so many experiences in our lives. Right? Wow. So, you know, in our field, we, we generally, you know, call some people having generalized anxiety or, you know, they just get a little more on edge than others. Well, in Dr. Sue Johnson's work, she gets away from labels like DSM-5. She's like, yeah, you got to put that out there for a diagnosis. That's just good practice. And... We also need to look at the person as a whole person. And this is why this, this is earth shattering to me, this highly sensitive person. Yeah, it's very non-pathologizing, like oh. Sue wants, right? Without labels, without diagnosis. I love it. It, it just explains what, I think she says about 20% of the population yes. is experiencing. Yeah, by being a highly sensitive person. Yeah, so 20%, that's not very low. Like, you know, you're thinking, well, it's a good chunk. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So is it out of 100 people? I can't do math. How many I, people is that? 20% of 100? <laughs> Everyone listening is like, come on, guys. 20, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it would be 20. Sorry, I didn't say it was a mathematician. It's okay. I'm not either. It's, <laughs> I, trust me, it, I had to think about it before I answered. So 20 out of 100 people in a room <laughs> are experiencing these symptoms. And, or, well, actually she calls it traits and characteristics. Yeah, yeah. And I like that because, um, yeah, we all are made differently. Even though we're all cut from the earth, we're still all made different. And this resonated so much. Um, you know, if you look at it and read, read up on it, the person with an HSP characteristic have a deeper nervous system. And Rachel just looked it up and that means permeable. And I just yeah. said... Maybe that means we have more nerve endings, Maybe. more nerves. Yeah. 
but there's something about our DNA mm-hmm. the, in, in highly sensitive people. There's something about the way we're built that our nervous system is more easily activated than people who are not highly sensitive. And so we're, it makes us a lot more sensitive to stimulation. So we get, we get easily overwhelmed by strong sensory input. Mm-hmm. Things are things seem much more chaotic to us than people who are not highly sensitive. Very well stated. And you know, if you look it up, and I don't know, does this take me off the screen if I look at something? I don't know. No, you're still here. Okay. So on very well mind slash highly sensitive persons traits to create more stress.com, they they list, you know. They have to avoid violent movies. Um, that's me. <laughs> that's, that's both of us. And, you know, pop culture is, you know, there's a lot of violence in movies and games. And um, for some people, it doesn't move them. But when I watched the clip this week, to, you know, the whole Will Smith and Chris Rock situation, that startled me, okay? Mm-hmm. I felt so much hurt, sad, and I felt the pain on his face. Like it yes. just rattled me. And I thought, I looked, they showed some pictures of the audience and they showed how some people were responding. And I thought, there's a bunch of HSPs out there. Yes, oh my goodness. Yeah, I intentionally did not look it up because I knew, I just knew that I would experience like a physical pain sensation. I yeah. really struggled. When I when I read that and saw it on the little survey, I was like, oh my goodness, that is me to a T. If I'm watching a show with my husband and a violent scene comes on, I will close my eyes and put my fingers in my ears and ask him to tell me when it's over. It's like, I just, I, I want to avoid feeling overstimulated. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah, I have a, a major response to that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it only makes sense that you have more sensory things happening when you visualize something like that. Yes. Yeah. And My it, nervous system yeah. just really activates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, it's profound. I just It is profound. Funny. And it, it it's really been life changing. <laughs> I feel dramatic. <laughs> I feel so dramatic saying that. But reading this book, because I have always been embarrassed by that. I have always felt so weird that I have that strong reaction to things but, and she even talks about how a lot of highly sensitive people do. They feel embarrassed. They feel like they're maybe like weaker than other people, like because our culture in Western society puts such a, you know, puts strength on a pedestal and being independent and fearless, you know, um, we do not feel like we are those things as highly sensitive people. Mm-hmm. We compare ourselves to that. 
and all the time, uh, all the time. And I, maybe growing up, I, I'm sure a lot of other highly sensitive people heard the similar things that I did, right? Like, oh, you're so shy. You need to open up more. You wear your heart on your sleeve. Don't be so sensitive. Don't take things so personally. <laughs> when really we're, we're just really empathetic, compassionate people that feel <laughs> deeply. Yeah. 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 So true. Like, oh, you're just too sensitive. <laughs> okay, well, so do I need to dance around your insensitivity? <laughs> yeah. To make you feel okay about being <laughs> insensitive? Like, right. you know, maybe you, maybe you don't feel in the same way that we feel. And that's okay. And don't judge or alienate people that feel different things. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, yes, what you're saying is so true. It's like you feel, and, and some other traits of the HSP. Um, oh, I love this one. Being deeply moved by beauty. Yes like a song or you know art or yeah I've definitely cried listening to music or mm -hmm. watching a movie reading a book mm -hmm. hiking to a waterfall and just oh, seeing the yes. waterfall down into the pool it's like yeah <laughs> yeah we have um we tend to have a rich complex in our life. And so we experience not only like sadness and fear more deeply than non-highly sensitive people, but also experience like joy and gratitude much more deeply than other people. Like I remember several times, Linda, you and I doing supervision and just like tearing up talking about how grateful we are to know each other. Like we do that all the time, you know. Now we know why. Doing it now. <laughs> yeah. Now we know why. We're highly sensitive people. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. So we appreciate each other's um, internal experiences. Yes. And that's what makes us attuned to our clients so well. Is like, yeah, you felt misunderstood. Yeah, you felt judged. Oh man, it sucks to feel inadequate. I get it. We get it. Mm -hmm. We get it. And so that's what makes True Vine so awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they um like there was this example, and you you mentioned it to me, Rachel. Thank you. Is you know, I you know, I have anxiety. And then the more I read about the HSP, I'm like, well, yeah, I have anxiety. And we went to this wonderful parade in Florida. It was the pirate parade. Everyone's dressed up. My aunt, she's got so much charisma, Melanie, of course. And she's got her pirate get up on. And I'm all excited with my sister. And I'm like, yeah, let's go to this parade. I get there. People are smoking weed. People are there's all kinds of smells. There's 500,000 people on the road. Wow. And my nervous system just goes 
And I didn't have, I had some more language at that time. This has been years ago because of EFT, emotionally focused therapy. I had more language. I'm like, I'm feeling anxious, but I didn't know why. I didn't know what was happening, but I had more language. And I was able to communicate. And I could tell she was disappointed that we had to leave a little early, but she's starting to understand because I've been teaching her, you know, some of these things. And she she still loves me and does great things with me. But now when I say I'm feeling overwhelmed, she knows how to respond. Yeah. And that's one of the traits on the the survey is being easily overwhelmed by things like bright lights, strong smells, coarse fabrics, or sirens close by. So yeah, yeah, like all of that going on at once. In a parade. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, you do notice that those types of experiences, the language around that is, hey guys, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Highly, yes, is absolutely okay. Highly sensitive people need to kind of like withdraw and be alone sometimes to reset. Yeah. yeah because their nervous system, you know, this is my, I was just theorizing with you earlier, Rachel. I think we have more nerve endings or something. Mm-hmm. More nerve yeah, um, Elaine describes it in the book as having a stronger pause to think response to stimulation. And so we process things at a, a deeper level and it takes us longer than most people for whatever reason. Yeah, just being highly sensitive, like this comes with the territory. Hence why we need more sleep. Yes. right that was another thing that I was like I'm not just a lazy person (laughs) you're needing like nine or ten instead of eight hours of sleep yeah the hunger thing was funny too but go ahead sleep and then we'll go to that you're right I went to my grandpa's my wonderful scuba diver air plane jump out that's not the right language he would parachute out of airplanes sorry wow he was so awesome I went to visit him in my early 20s I was sleeping I just slept at like 10 a.m I worked three jobs and I was working on my I was pretty tired when I went to visit I was like it's okay if you need to sleep Linda he just gave me permission to rest yeah how great my grandpa hadn't seen him in forever. I'm so glad I visited him. But we need more rest, and that's okay. Yes, downtime to process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, along with sleep, she also said that highly sensitive people are more likely to have experience uh, nightmares, especially yeah. in childhood. Well, that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's because our we pick up on subtle cues. <laughs> Some people call it psychic abilities, but we'll pick up on something didn't feel right about that individual. 
And then we might dream about them and it might be nasty, but they didn't actually do those things or, but we experienced that just some subtle, um, mm-hmm. what's the word, subtle nuances that we pick yes. up in the environment, right? So if you've ever experienced like walking into a room and kind of like feeling a tense energy that maybe nobody else is picking up on and you're like, how do you not feel that? It's so obvious. I'm very uncomfortable right now. You are probably a highly sensitive person. Yeah. I read in a meditation book once that this couple argued in this room and she was holding on to the pillow so deeply because she was upset and laid it down and someone came into the room and they felt the energy from the, the pillow. So they uh, threw it away. <laughs> oh my goodness. Feel the negative energy into the pillow. I'm like, yeah, I would have felt that. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> so in that while, and so it's like so important to be attuned to what am I feeling in this room? What, what am I experiencing? Checking in with yourself in these moments. Yeah, absolutely. So when we're tired, we, we are tend to be affected and we need more sleep. And when we're hungry, we oh, tend yeah. to be more irritable and our mood changes. And my whole life, my family has joked with me about like, oh, Rachel needs a Snickers because (laughs) (laughs) of the Snickers commercial where people are like, "Ah, I'm hungry, need a Snickers. (laughs) Give you some chocolate. Need a berry. (laughs) So now I'm like, I'm not just a cranky person when I'm hungry. I'm highly sensitive. (laughs) When my nervous system needs food, I go like this. And that's yes. okay. Yes. To keep Snickers around for Rachel. <laughs> we'll get some Snickers and put them up there in our office now. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So when you feel hungry, it's important to, to snack because your nervous system may go haywire. It might say, hey, you're starving to death. You're not starving to death. No. But your, your nervous system triggers that. Mm-hmm. Is there any food? Will there be any food? Yeah. Do I have enough? This experiencing sensations very different, like textures. If something, when you eat something, if the texture's not right, you may not be able to digest that or anything of that nature. So, yeah. And then how do they feel misunderstood? This is... Am I, is the video on? Okay. How do they feel misunderstood? Well, yeah, that's a good one to bring up again, because we didn't really finish talking about that, but like where I mentioned where our, like our culture really is focused on, you know, being like brave and strong and independent. I think highly sensitive people feel misunderstood because we get labeled as you know, overly sensitive, weak, you know, yeah, how would you describe that? What do you think? How are we misunderstood as highly sensitive people? Yeah, 
Um, yeah, those are all true. You're just, you know, you're just being too sensitive. I said that earlier, or, you know, you just need to toughen up, buttercup. Mm, yeah. <laughs> be strong, be strong, you know. Yeah, you just get a lot of messages from society that being timid or quiet or sweet or, you know, yeah, just being real thoughtful isn't valued as a societal thing. And so, so yeah, you might be misunderstood. Why is she, why is she in her room? We're all out here having a good time. Why is she isolated over there? What is she doing? Oh, she's being a snob or she's, she just thinks she's better than us or she's, it, no, they're trying to self-protect. They're, they're soothing their nervous system. And I love what she, she says in the book about let's treat ourselves like a baby. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. What does your infant self need? Rachel, does she need a snicker? <laughs> need a little food a little nourishment yeah <laughs> a nap, <laughs> a nap. <laughs> it's so good that's so good though um would you like to say more on that miss rachel yeah let's talk about how um in the book elaine talks about how the highly sensitive person type is usually plays a mentor role and how we are actually really important to society because the non highly sensitive people, right? And we're not comparing, we're not saying one's better than the other. We actually need both of us. We need, we need both, both types. For we need balance. Yeah. Like the yang and the yang, right? So the non highly sensitive person is like what Linda just said, like the warrior type. They're going to be, um, you know, more impulsive and brave, and they're just going to get out there. They're the leaders, you know, but sometimes, you know, every warrior needs a, that mentor to play, you know, devil's advocate, so to speak, and kind of like give two sides to every story, mm -hmm. you know? Like, hey, let's let's pause and think about this. Do we really need to go to war? Could we maybe talk this out? Yeah. Yeah, a spiritual guide. A, yes. One who's attuned to the greater, bigger picture. Yes. How is what you're doing going to affect ABC? Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow, but in a year from now, how is what you're doing going to affect these people? How yeah. is it going to affect your 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 feelings about you? Right. Yeah, it's back to that a stronger pause to think. Right. The highly sensitive person is going to think further ahead. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're going to think of that domino effect. How is this action going to affect you know future? We are so important. I know I sound very <laughs> and narcissistic right now, don't I? 
We are important to society because we pause to think. And I like that. I like what she says about pausing to think. That's a good, good phrase. Um, now, what she does get into a little bit about is attachment, which is mine and Rachel's EFT therapy. She just, it just falls right in line with emotionally focused therapy. So, you know, we have the three major attachment styles, secure, anxious, and avoidant attachments. And we all need one primary caregiver to be there for us from cradle to grave, as Dr. Sue tells us. And the HSP typically didn't have, not always, this isn't always true, but didn't have a secure attachment to one caregiver. Um, and so my understanding is that, you know, maybe their caregiver was, had other children and they were occupied or their caregiver was struggling with, you know, making ends meet. They didn't have enough food, so they're out there working. They can't attune to that sensitive child. And so they'll feel, you know, if their caregiver has got lots going on, they can't really be there to sort of soothe the infant. And life happens, man. We all got things. I mean, I didn't meet every need emotionally and physically for granted. I'm sure Charlie stepped in and <laughs> compensated because it's a lot. Yeah, nobody it? can do it all. No. So as a parent, if you felt like you didn't get it right, none of us get it right. We don't get it right all the time. There's Not no all way. the time. Yeah. She also talks about how you could have an overly attentive parent, maybe a parent that is really anxious. And so they're feeding the baby before the baby even cries to let them know they're hungry. Right. And so if it's the highly sensitive child and you wouldn't know that, you know, probably as an infant, um, they're not learning how to even ask for their needs to get met because it's already met. Yeah. Yeah. So then that can be overstimulating, over yeah. yeah. And so they got to do the opposite <laughs> to try to, for their infant self to try to like, you know, she talks about the eating, feedings, which feeding is nurturing. Mm -hmm. Is that, well, maybe you need to go longer periods of time without food because maybe you were overfed. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a lot. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of different components to taking care of your inner child or your inner baby. I like the inner infant. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That goes along with what we do as, with that inner child mm -hmm. work that we did a podcast on. So, yeah. But she's saying highly sensitive people who grew up with a, you know, secure bond to both caregivers are more likely to learn how to manage that higher sensitivity. Mm -hmm. More likely to learn how, how to take care of themselves and regulate their more easily uh, activated nervous system. And then if you grew up with an uh, insecure attachment with at least one caregiver, it's gonna be harder for you to know how to take care of yourself and regulate your emotions. Yeah, because 
the person that has a chaotic attachment and I did with my father, you're, you, the anger is very triggering for the HSP mm. because you feel it different. Yeah, you really feel it. Yeah, it, it rattles you like inside, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a bottom-up sensation, which is the type of therapy we do is bottom-up, <laughs> not top-down. You're not logically thinking about Oh my gosh, are they going to blow up? Now you're like, you feel it. Oh, they're getting ready to blow, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you had trauma and you're an HSP, you have a lot more things to overcome in that regard. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, but it, it's possible. And that's what, you know, what do you want to do when you realize you, you are an HSP? And she gets into what we call self-parenting. And I love that. That's so good. Yeah, I found myself going for lots of runs. How about you, Rachel? What did you do to self-regulate? Mm. Yeah, I played a lot of sports. I did volleyball and track. So I ran as well. Mm -hmm. I was a long distance runner because I think I liked uh something about like the solitude mm. going on a long run and just having time to like process thoughts I really never even thought about it until now you asking me that it's making sense yeah and the breathing when when you run I focus on my breathing a lot in the nose out the mouth and you know now as therapists I know how beneficial that is for the nervous mm -hmm. system. So, yeah, the brain. Yeah. So good. And someone in our, our Bible study, she's so brilliant. She's a nutritionist. I should ask her to come on our podcast. Oh, yeah. She said that um, rest and digest. Wow. He says that's what we just talked about. Yeah. Rest and digest. Because sometimes you just need to pull back, take a hot bath, rest, drink a little cocoa, because cocoa is good for you. Not a bunch of whipped cream and a bunch of sugar. I'm talking about just a hot cocoa is really good for your overall health. It slows the body down. The flavonoids and the chocolate's good for your system, the antioxidants. When you drink hot chocolate, it's a slow process. Yeah. And it's coming to my mind, I don't know why in this moment is... Um, good, go with it. The author mentioned, because I really resonated with this, mentioned that sometimes we might get confused with, uh, between being an introvert and being a highly sensitive person because yeah. I, I do I like going out and being social and being around people but it's also very overstimulating for me and so afterwards I really need to be alone in some calm quiet space mm -hmm. you know to recalibrate recalibrate yeah 
Think of that word, or as our audience listens, think about what you think about recalibrate. Think about the chains moving in an engine. Yeah. Is that what? Yeah, that's what comes to my mind. Yeah, you're recalibrating. Yeah, or like that balancing, yeah, Mm. in a way. Yeah. Like, Like regaining balance somehow. So good. Um, so you're self-parenting. And so she talks a whole lot about what we just process, self-soothing, going for a long run. Rest and digest. Rest and digest. What does your baby need? Your inner baby. Mm-hmm. You're saying, oh, little Rachel, what do you need? And it's not condescending to yourself. You're, you're saying, I need to reparent myself in this area because parents can't get it right all the time for their babies. They got other babies and work and towels to fold. I mean, you know. And their own internal, you know, stuff going on. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want any parents to feel any type of judgment or shame around our podcast. It's not... You can't get it right all the time. No. Yeah. No way. The majority of people are either anxious, preoccupied, or anxious avoidant attachment style. The majority yep. of people. So it, it's not a result of failed parenting at all. No. You're doing your best. Absolutely. Most people I talk to, most people in life are doing their very best. Um, how come we would recommend the HSP to seek a counselor? What, what would be important about having a counselor if you do have this, these traits we're talking about? Yeah, so it would be helpful to see a counselor if you're a highly sensitive person to help you process how you've experienced being a highly sensitive person throughout your life. Right. And as well as learning how to reparent yourself, how to take care of your inner child through self care. Right. And incorporating some like daily practices into your life, you know, like starting to exercise, paying attention Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, how you're giving your body nutrients. Are you eating mm-hmm. enough vegetables? Are you drinking enough water? Yeah. Learning so coping good. skills to, uh, you know, kind of like calm your nervous system, right? You might learn some meditation, some grounding techniques. Oh, yeah. And also, all those are awesome. Thank you, Rachel. And Having an object of permanence, which is a counselor, a safe place where you're not being judged or stigmatized for having these sensory things. That's number one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we just are so grateful for the work that she's done. I mean, this is just amazing work. Mm -hmm. Lane Aaron, right? Yes, Elaine Aaron, thank you. The highly sensitive person. We're just grateful as therapists in the field for this work and 
maybe we can possibly do a little more about the highly sensitive person because um, there's so much there and we're yeah. just grateful yeah so thank you for joining us for our podcast miss rachel do you have any more regards to that or just um if any of this that you've listened to today resonates with you maybe um you know give this book a try because I mean it's really we can't say enough good things about it obviously yeah we're on it yeah cool that's all all right well thank you for joining us with True Vine Talks we will hopefully see you soon yeah bye <laughs>